Hello, thanks for checking out Covenant's podcast. Our prayer is that God uses this message to impact your life. Good morning. I want to start with uh, start with a little story. 1968. How many of you remember that year? Put your hands down. 1968 Summer Olympics. Uh, we're in Mexico City, and the last event of the Olympics is the marathon, the men's marathon. It's almost two hours since the uh, the, the last, or apparently the last runner had finished that race. Let's go ahead and put that screen up. Yep. Take a picture of this. So two hours, sun's gone down, it's night. The reporters had packed up their stuff and most of the fans were gone. And then into the stadium uh, appeared the last competitor, uh, a man by the name of John Stephen Akawari from Tanzania. Akawari was never likely to uh, win the marathon and and that was especially true once he succumbed to cramps, uh, the altitude, the humidity. And to make it uh, even worse, he was involved in a melee uh, as runners were jockeying for position, which is a bit unusual in the marathon, but he was knocked down and he cut his leg and he dislocated his knee, he banged up his shoulder, and all the spectators around that thought, that's it. Akawari is done, he's gonna head to the hospital, but the medical team uh, assisted him on the side of the course and he got up and he went back into the race. To continue the race. At the end of that race, those reporters who were left, they, they came up to him. As he was finishing that race, as he was making his way around the track, as he was hobbling on that one leg, and they asked this question, and he gave a response that has gone down in sports history lore. He said, my country, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. One of the descriptive terms, that's pictures that's used of the Christian life throughout scripture is that of an athlete competing in a race. In our study that we've uh, undergone in in Philippians, and we're gonna come back to that, uh, Rob Chifikoy is gonna come back to that, finish up chapter four in just a couple of weeks. So good to see Rob, yes. Absolutely, and uh, just know this though, like he's gonna come on and he's gonna go off. And so don't go, don't go looking for him behind the curtain. Um, but uh, so good, uh, so glad, so grateful to have him here. And we're gonna pick up again in Philippians. And, but looking back a little bit in chapter three, it was the apostle Paul who, who said, I press on, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive a heavenly prize. In 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 24 to 27, it's Paul who says, run to win, run with purpose in every step. And when the apostle Paul neared the end of his life, this is my life verse, it has been for over 35 years, Paul wrote these words. I believe he wanted this to be the epitaph that would mark his graveside. He wrote these in, in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Paul knew what John Stephen Akawari knew. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. The author of Hebrews, which is our primary text today, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to three, he picks up that same imagery 
that same imagery of running a race. Let's turn to God's word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially that sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates, get the next slide up. There we go. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Let's pray. My prayer, Lord, this morning is, has already been sung, and that is, Lord, that you would just make me a vessel, that you would pour out new wine, new power, new strength, words of encouragement from your word, that we would listen and we would hear your voice, Jesus, as you speak to us, as you encourage us, as you challenge us, as you spur us on to run the race that is set before us. So God, very humbly, I ask that you would take this time, take this word, and you would teach and touch us. You would change us and inspire us as we seek to be your people, your church, called by your name to give you honor and glory and praise. Amen. God, God did not send us here simply to start the race, but he sent us here to finish the race. And, and that race is far more like a marathon, isn't it, than a sprint? Far more like a marathon. Marriage is far more like a marathon than a sprint. Parenting is far more like a marathon than a sprint. Uh, ministry is far more like a marathon than a sprint. Life is more like a marathon than a sprint. And the author of Hebrews is encouraging his audience who are and were about to face some very severe trauma, some persecution, some hardship. He was encouraging them, knowing that they were going to need endurance if they were to finish the race and not give up. I remember my daughter telling me when she went out for track, she said, Dad, this, this would be a whole lot more fun. Track would be a whole lot more fun if it wasn't for all the running. <laughs> she ended up throwing the discus. Um, when I became a Christian, when I, when I stepped across that finish line, when I got into the blocks and I, and, I, and I started my Christian life, I thought the same thing. And, and I thought it again when I got married. And, and I thought it again when I had kids. And I, I thought it again when I became a pastor, that this is going to be fun. <laughs> and then I found out that running was required. I have two boys and two girls. A lot of running is required. That, that life isn't a spectator sport and that the race wasn't gonna be just a, a, a jog around the block or a dash to the refrigerator, right? It's a marathon, it's long, it's hard. And along the way, every parent, every wife, every husband, every uh, uh, leader, every man, woman, and child has moments where they grow tired, has moments where they grow weary, has moments where they just wanna bail and they wanna, they wanna lock the door to the kid's bedroom and they just want to leave, amen? 
All right, you just want to quit. I uh, want to acknowledge that that this year has been hard. Okay, it's been hard. Um, it's it hasn't been the hardest year of my life, actually not by a long shot, but it's been hard. Um, health pandemic, you know, for many a financial disaster, a social crisis, and then and then came the challenge of hearing that. Um, that the Lord is calling Bob to step away from ministry of covenant. It's not like Bob is dead, okay? Um, he hasn't joined the, the great cloud of witnesses yet. Yet, all right? Uh, here's what's going on. He's handing off the baton of ministry at covenant. But he hasn't finished the race. And he hasn't quit the race. He's just handing the baton. I love Bob. I, I, I want to just do away with, you know, one of the, the, the many kind of r- rumors and things that, that get spilled out. And, I, man, I just challenge you to, to guard yourself with that. But Bob and I are good. <laughs> there, there's no issue with Bob and I. Right? Well, except for one. He's leaving. So, um, but it's been a great joy and a great privilege to serve with Bob. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to enjoy a wonderful friendship with Bob. Maybe even more so, because we get to remove some of this other stuff, right? But, but I'll say, this past week I had a few moments where, where I felt like punching Bob, okay? I told him that in love, um, you, you know, and, 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 and so I, I get even uh, another uh, email, and, and it was like going on and on about, about Bob. And, and they, they said, you know, Bob is preaching. He was, he's like... He's like the, the, the Michael Jordan of preaching. Man, that's high praise. Michael Jordan's like the goat. It's not LeBron James. So I want to just dispel that with some of our staff. It's Michael Jordan. And, and I'm like, man, we better be praying for, because do you know who followed Michael Jordan? No, you don't know who, <laughs> that's right. And so I'm so grateful. But, but man, when, so when the tornado, though, hit this past Tuesday, I was, I was honestly like, well, of course. Of course, there, of course there was a tornado. And I was watching out the window, and even the next day I'm thinking, hey, bring on the locusts, and bring on the, you know, the swarm of spotted lantern flies, right? And I think that's what runners affectionately call hitting the wall. It's like hitting the wall. It happens around, I think, mile 24 when you're running a marathon. And the point, the point is, is, is when your mind and your body and your spirit are struggling with the motivation just to go on. You start to wonder, can, can I go on? Can I finish this? The emphasis of this entire passage, the big idea, the, the, the one uh, primary imperative in this passage is to persevere. It is to endure. It is to finish the race. You, you won't always feel great, Right? Content, happy, excited, joyful, you know, on top of everything. But that is not the goal of the life of faith. The goal is to get to the end. And I'm going to add along the way, along the way, each step of that journey, to not miss out what God would have for your growth, that he would have to develop your muscles so that you might endure along the way to experience those things that would be for the good of others and ultimately for his glory. Don't miss out 
that each step has purpose. Our, our text begins with the word therefore. And um, anytime you find the word therefore, you ask the question, what is it therefore? Okay. And, and in this case, it's referring back to the previous chapter, to chapter 11, a very familiar passage. It's, it's known as the Hall of Faith chapter in the Bible. It's where the writer connects the Christian uh, faith to the faith of those who have gone before, uh, like uh, Abel and Enoch and, and Noah and Abraham and, and, and Sarah and um, Isaac and Jacob and Moses and, and Rahab. And, and it goes on the end of that chapter 11, it says, these are men and women. So not only the individuals, but he, he kind of lumps all these people from the past, men and women who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, shut the mouths of lions, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. He goes on and says, men and women who were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection, who faced flogging, were chained and put in prison, stoned, sawn in two. They were put to death by the sword. They, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. All kinds of adversity in victory and in defeat, in good times and in bad, in, in sickness and in, in death, in life. They ran the race. They kept the faith. They finished the course. They had a, a futuristic faith. See, because they didn't have Jesus, but they had a futuristic faith. They had a, the hope of a promised Messiah. And they are being made complete in Christ along with us. The great crowd, I, I think, really of, of not spectators. It's not like their eyes are, are on us. Their eyes are on Jesus. But, but the great crowd of, of martyrs, of, of saints, remind us that the race isn't over till it's over. That, that, that we are to pick up the baton that is being passed from us to us, generation upon generation upon generation, to, to take hold of that baton and to keep running. One of the paraphrases of this text in Hebrews 12:1 from the message, it says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. We'd better get on with it. How? Look what it says in the text. It says, let us strip away every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Um, so I, I used to be a runner. Uh, before hip replacement surgery, actually way before hip replacement surgery, some, some things hinder me from running, like I don't want to run. Um, and, uh, like the discipline that it takes to run, like the uh, extra baggage that I now carry around that I didn't when I used to run. Um, is there anything holding you back from running? Spiritual race from running the race that God has set before you? Anything slowing you down, anything tripping you up? Open question with that, right? What's weighing you down? It, it, could, be, it could be busyness. I think that's one of the, 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 the bane of the, the life of a disciple, a busyness that, that we're distracted with other things, even good things that become bad things when we miss out on the best thing, and that is 
Jesus. It could be overconfidence or arrogance. Many a team has gone into an uh, individual into a race or a team into a game, and they thought, man, this is just like, we got this easy, right? And only to be surprised because they were underprepared. It could be seeking the approval and the applause of others. He's not talking, again, just about sin here. It, it can be those good things. It could be comfort or security or, or money or happiness. These are not bad things unless, unless we spend our time and our energy chasing after these things, making them the, the prize that we're pursuing. Maybe, maybe the weight that slows you down or the, 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 the burden of grudges or, or, or um, burdens that, that you keep holding on to, that like you, you just you won't let them go or that you are constantly looking over your shoulder at past hurts, past sins, past pains. Really, it's anything that distracts us and tempts us. It could be that quick glance or a steady gaze that throws us off our stride. When it it says, um, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, there's, there's a number of kind of interpretations of that, but I but I think in part what it's referring to is whatever your signature sin is. Because I think it's, th- th- there's something different maybe for each of us that tends to be the thing that trips us up the easiest and the most. Whatever that signature sin is, whatever that, that, that temptation that just keeps after you. And it's like trying to run that race with your shoes untied. So how do you bind that up? How do you bind up a, a consistent draw uh, to, 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 to lust or pornography or greed or gossip? You confess it. You turn it over. You give it up. You entrust that into God's care. You cast it aside. And it's not like you, you do it once and you're done. <laughs> There's constantly this putting off the old and putting on the new. It's, it's a daily, regular exercise for us to come and acknowledge and confess both those weights and those sins, those things that slow us down, those things that trip us up. One, one of the things, first things I learned as a, as a runner was that you run with your head up and, and you run with your eyes on the finish line. Stop looking around and stop looking back. It only shows, it only slows you down, and instead, the passage tells us where we should fix our eyes on Jesus, on Jesus. We, we run the race set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus, and I love this piece, right? He is the, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That we're not running in our own strength. We're running with our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher, the initiator, the perfecter, the champion of our faith. By, by looking at Jesus, that's how you run with endurance. That's how you'll finish. If we were to run the life of faith, we, we, can't, we can't be looking around at other people, including the great cloud of witnesses. Now, we can learn a lot from other people. There are things we can uh, pattern our lives in, in sense of emulate and learn from. But we race with Christ, and we race in Christ, and we race for Christ and we race to Christ, everyone else, including ourselves, is going to disappoint us. It's going to let us down or even lead us astray. 
So we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes on Jesus. He is our example of faithfulness, right? He, he endured the cross. He, he thought nothing of the shame of the cross. He, he ran the race set before him. He endured the pain while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. For the joy, for the joy set before him, the joy of saving us, the joy of accomplishing his mission, his task, to bring about our redemption, our salvation. He endured the cross. And so just as 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 Bob did and has done countless times, but last week, I, I want to I drive you to the cross again and again and again and again to the cross. If you're not getting your care, if you're not getting your comfort, if you're not getting your strength, if you're not getting your guidance and your direction, your worth, your motivation from the cross, then you're not ready to run. Not a marathon. Not the long haul. Not on your own. The cross is the sign and the empty tomb is the seal of our victory in Christ, of our victory as Christians. Jesus, Jesus made the most amazing comeback of all time. You love those stories? You know, part of just preparation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching through all kinds of stories, um, uh, uh, athletic stories and racing in particular, and, and inspired by that competitor. I mean, I almost decided I was gonna pick running back up. Uh, just watching these stories, right, as a spectator on my couch, um, you know, with my donuts. And, and, but I'm just watching this deal, and it's like, man, like, like stumble and fall and fall down and, and then get back up. Who isn't inspired by that? Inspired by that. Who is it who shouldn't be inspired by Jesus? Who being humiliated and insulted and, and spit upon and, and, and whipped and beaten and nailed to the cross. His executioners claimed victory. They, 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 were like, they declared him dead, right? A military guard secured his tomb. And, and, and how could anyone be more down than that? But three days later, he made a comeback. Made a comeback, greatest comeback of all time. He rose from the grave and, and he reappeared as the victor over sin, over death, over hell. And now our text tells us that he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Amen? He finished the race. Are you feeling, are you feeling out of the running today? Have you stumbled badly? Even as you made your way into the house of the Lord today, crawling, tired, broken, ready to give up, think about, think about Jesus' suffering and ponder his resurrection and ask him to give you the victory. Just imagine what he has to offer you no matter how far down and out you may be. No one has overcome like our Lord. No one. No one. When, when we go all self-pity, you know, when we're, we're kind of just feeling defeated, when, 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 when we're, we're blaming others, you know, we're, we're, we're bra- blaming the, the I didn't make the list. <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. But man, we're blaming others. We're blaming things. We're, 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 we're blaming institutions. We're just blaming. We're excusing. 
You know, you know, if you take that word blame, you know what that, break that down? That's just be lame. That's a freebie. But man, it is. We're just being lame when we're blaming others. And, and, and man, sometimes we're there and we're ready to quit the race. And you know what that shows? I think what it shows, at least in my life, what that shows at times for me is it shows that I've taken my eyes off Jesus. Just taking my eyes off Jesus. And that we're looking back and we're looking around and we're looking down. Instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, instead of keeping our eyes on the prize, instead of keeping our eyes on the finish line. It is hard. It should be hard. It was hard for Jesus. But, but it was worth it. He says, for the joy awaiting him. The joy awaiting him. He endured the cross. All that pain, all that struggle, all the suffering. He endured it all because of the joy that awaited him. The cross testifies to our need, though, for discipline, for correction, for love and forgiveness, if we were to endure to the end of the, the finish of the race, to receive the prize and to experience the joy. I, um, I didn't start out, I didn't start out wanting to be a pastor. I, I don't actually know if I've talked to many pastors who, who would say that. Uh, but, I, but I thought I was going to practice law, um, specifically business law. So I went into a pre-business law program, and I was, I, I was going to make a lot of money. I was going to marry a hot wife, um, so one out of two. I, I was going to have two perfect kids. I was going to run, and, and I was going to have fun. Um, but God chased me down, and when I, when I confessed my sin, when, when um, I acknowledged my need for a Savior, when I acknowledged that I, I wasn't going to make it on my own, and when I looked to the cross and I saw Jesus, that changed the course of my life. He set me on a different trajectory. And, and in my case, I, I ended up on staff at a church during my junior year in college, and, and I was serving as the, the interim student ministry director with like 120 students. And again, I'm a junior in college. And honestly, it was hard, and, and it was pretty messy. I mean, a lot of the students who were in the ministry, um, like, we went to school together, you know? And, um, and, and honestly, though, ministry has been a bit like that, hard and messy, for the last 35 years. And, and by the way, the biggest messes were, were mine. They were my doing. But in any case, God wasn't surprised by any of those messes. And he had plans for the message, and he had plans to use it along the way. I didn't want to miss out. I haven't wanted to miss out what he's had along the way to, to grow me up, to prepare me, to use me. Later on in this same chapter of Hebrews, it tells us that the Lord disciplines those he loves. And it may not be, it may not be fun. Again, it's not punishment. That, that's done out of anger. And, but discipline is out of love. And it's for our good. God, God may not, you know, always cause the pain, but he uses it. He allows it, he allows it and he uses it. He does that to initiate and to perfect our faith. To initiate and to perfect our faith. Discipline is needed. It's good. Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in an age where, as a kid, where, where um, you were sent to the corner to think about it. That may be true for those of you under the age of 40, and that's, frankly, that's probably what's wrong with you. Um, 
But, but in my day, in my day, anyone could hit you. Um, your parents, your coach, your teachers, random guy at the grocery store. Um, and, and no one called anyone. Anyone? You understand? Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish I would have just been sent to the corner to think about it. Right? Um, I remember my gym teacher taking a wooden paddle about, about that long, and he had his name um, on the board drilled into it. Why are you laughing? And uh, uh, I, 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 I remember going into the, the, the gym to change into my gym shorts, and I saw his name. I don't even remember why. Actually, I, I think what happened is I didn't bring a book to read during the 15 minutes we were supposed to read before gym class started. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I remember that because I, I wasn't told to think about it. So um, I, I, I know we just want to run away from pain, from discipline. We, we just want to get back to normal, whatever that is. We, we want to be comfortable. We, we don't, we don't want to wear masks. We, we, if we're honest, we want everyone just to think the same way we do and get along as long as they think the same way we do, right? Um, I'm, I'm thankful that the saints who went before us didn't quit when things got hard. I'm thankful for what they endured and, and the discipline they received, that they learned their lessons so that we might learn ours, that they ran ahead of us, and for all those who run ahead of us and who finish the race. And I'm really, really glad that Jesus didn't bail out when the going got hard, that he endured, that he, that he went to the cross so that he could say, what? It is finished. Everything that needed to be done for your salvation, for your freedom, for, for, your, for, for your eternity, it is finished. He came because he knew that we were going to mess up, that it was going to be hard, and it was going to happen again and again and again. Having a hard day, having a cruddy year. 2 Corinthians 2.17 promises that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of it. Be a finisher. Be a finisher. Run with endurance. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't grow weary and give up. Be a finisher. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, run in such a way as to get the prize. So I, I, I did run in high school, and, um, but only my senior year. I was kind of burned out on baseball, and, and uh, one of the coaches talked me into running track. I had run cross country earlier that fall. Um, and uh, he, he convinced me, he assured me uh, that it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> and then there was the running that was involved. Um, but, but, uh, but that I could, I could run for fun. And in fact, I could still go out for the school musical. I'd be in my senior year, don't worry about school stuff, and just show up. And, um, and, and there was a lot of fun. I, I, I uh, was one of the team captains, got to hang out with a lot of great friends. Um, I did pretty well. I ran the mile, and I ran the 4x4 the four four relay. Um, here's a picture. I, that's, I don't know. I was waiting for a response, and 
Silence. Si- uh, I'm, the, I'm the one on the right. That was the hairstyle then. And, um, man, I was, I was uh, a slender kid. And um, uh, it's, that's a picture, you know, out of our, our school yearbook. But, but here, here's what I was best known for. Here's really my, my claim to fame, okay? Um, and uh, I, I, uh, I, re- I was the first recipient of this prestigious award. Um, this, this, this is actually it, too, okay? This is it. I, I, I pulled this out of my trophy case under lock and key, and, and I brought this here. No, one, no one's going to touch this. Uh, it, it's the first ever, maybe the last, but the first ever Ralph Award. <laughs> it, you know who it's given to? You know what that word means? Do I need to describe it? But it's, it's given to the person who loses their lunch with the greatest style and frequency. And I did both. I'm very proud of that. I did both. Um, just before running uh, the mile, I don't think it was this, this race because I know I had a different shirt. And I know if, uh, based on that, you would have seen something on that shirt. But just before running that mile, I, I ralphed. And um, I mean, just before, I'm doing the little warm up, the wind's blowing. I'd been sick all day. I chose to have the school pizza. Um, you get the, the point. And, and, um, and, and without even, I didn't have a chance to rinse out my mouth. I just got up to the, the starting line. The two guys next to me looked at me and moved aside a little bit, and I ran. And I finished. And, and uh, ended up coming in second. It was a very slow heat. Um, but, but this award, this award, I mean, I, I, um, my wife has never seen this before. In fact, she was like, is that, is that the real award? Did you, you kept that award? I said, yes, this is the real thing. It says at the bottom, verify trainer when full. Um, that's, that's the little notation there. Yeah, I kept it. I'm not even sure if I kept the other, I don't know if I have any of the ribbons or anything, but I kept this. Weird, huh? Why? Because this, this award actually, you know, has provided a lesson that I needed to learn and I've needed to apply again and again and again and again in my life. Running isn't always fun. Enduring to the end isn't easy. But it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start, but it's how you finish. And there's been plenty of opportunities that I've had where I could have, and in fact, others around me said, why don't you quit? But it's not how you start, it's how you finish. The Christian life is like running a race, but I'll tell you, there's one gigantic difference. This is where the analogy changes. As Christians, we run, we endure, we train to receive a crown that will last forever. To receive a crown that will last forever. And eternal glory, an everlasting life, eternal rewards. Uh, you know, today you, you run a marathon and you get a gold, a silver, a bronze, maybe a moment of fame. Back in the day, as the authors are writing these words in the Isthmian Games, you would get a, a, a laurel wreath crown. It would, though, dry up and it would fade away and your name would be forgotten. But we have something to race for that does not dry up, that does not 
does not dissipate, does not disappear, but lasts forever and ever and ever. So much for us to look forward to. We, we run with endurance as we put our hope, as we put our faith, as we put our trust, as we put our confidence in Jesus Christ, no matter how difficult the circumstance. No matter how difficult they become for you individually and for us in the life of our church. Jesus, and only Jesus, is the source of power to persevere, is the source of strength to overcome, to forget the past and to press on, to reach the end of the race and to receive that heavenly prize. Only Jesus. We're not going to make it on our own. We're not going to make it in our own strength. And what the author of Hebrews is saying, I don't want you to grow weary. I don't want you to faint. I don't want you to bail. I don't want you to give up. There's going to be some things that are going to try you and test you. But with Jesus, those are things that are going to encourage you and build you up and give you the strength you need to endure to the end. Yes, it's hard sometimes. Yes, we may feel like we want to give up, but we run for Jesus. I'm not running because it's my job. I'm not running for the applause of others. I'm not running because it's fun. I'm running for Jesus. I want to encourage you and challenge you and spur you on to run in his strength and for his glory. It is a marathon. Parenting, marriage, ministry, life. I want to encourage you to run in his strength and for his glory. God did not send us. He did not send us into this world to start the race. You need to start, and you need to start well. Hear me. You need to start well by giving your life to Jesus. But in Jesus, finish well. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word again today. I thank you for pouring yourself out on the cross for us. I thank you that when you went to the cross, you, 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 you did all that was necessary you set the course, and you finished the course, and you laid it out for us so that we might fix our eyes upon you. So I thank you for that great cloud of witnesses. I thank you for those who have gone before us. I thank you for those who have been faithful, family and friends and others along the way and those throughout all of time. Thank you for them. And may we take that baton from them, and may we run the race that you have set before us. May we run with endurance. May we not in your name and for your honor and for your glory and in your strength and in your confidence because we know who we are in you, Jesus. Keep us from stumbling. May we cast aside, set aside, lay aside all those things, all those things that would distract us and discourage us, all those things that would trip us up, all the sins all the selfishness. God, we leave it at your feet and we pick up the course that you've laid before us and help us to run with our eyes on you. And thank you for the assurance that we have that you will see us to the finish line, that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. We give thanks for all this. For your name's sake, amen.